You're listening to Tech Talks, the TV industry podcast from Broadcast Tech Magazine. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport and Broadcast Tech Magazines. Today's episode of the Broadcast Tech Talks podcast is with Sunset and Vine chairman Jeff Falser. Sunset and Vine have just won the tender to become a host broadcaster of the Commonwealth Games 2022 in Birmingham. Falser talks about what it means to be the host broadcaster, working with the organising committee and what Sunset and Vine's plans are for the production of the Games. He also talks about the company's heritage in running big events, including the hugely successful Cricket World Cup last year and the INEOS 159 Challenge. What does it actually mean to be the host broadcaster? Well, it means we provide all the services for the television broadcast. There's 19 sports, the opening and closing ceremonies. So we go to all the OB companies in, in the country and get the best deals, the best options from those facilities providers. We put all the cameras in, all the infrastructure, the EVSs, the camera platforms, everything it takes to put a TV broadcast on the air. All the coverage of every sport that you see, whichever channel you're watching around the world will be our coverage. One of the things that that we wanted to do and and hasn't happened in the previous games was to have a closer connection with the organising committee. When we're allowed to, we will have office space in their headquarters in Birmingham. And, you know, we'll have those conversations at the water cooler or the photocopier, which you didn't have before. And it will make the whole thing a more integrated partnership. Presumably, as this Games is only two years away, and given the scale of the sort of things you just described, you must be kicking off your work on this sort of right about now, aren't you? We've started. You know, recce's are happening. You know, it's all, it's all starting to motor. The scale of what we're attempting to do is... You know, there's a lot of work to be done in that two years. And you, we were having a chat before we started the podcast about the tender process. And you said that was around about a nine month period where there was three companies pitching to win this contract. Why do you think you won the contract again? I think a lot of these big events now are put together in the way they've always been done. We'll have this many cameras on this, that many cameras on that. And we'll just improve it by adding a camera here or adding a camera there. We thought let's bin everything that's gone before, or pretty much. Start with a blank sheet of paper. And because we're a creative production company, we haven't come at it from the, the sort of technical background, although you've got to have the infrastructure absolutely spot on to be able to achieve that. But we started with the creative approach first and then built on that. And I think the fact that we've won it, I think obviously appealed to the organising committee that this was something a bit fresh and a bit new and a bit exciting probably five six seven years ago we wouldn't have been confident enough to think we could handle an event of this size on our own but we've done some big things you know we covered the cricket world cup in england last year you know we had over 300 people working on that we covered the world athletics championships in london in 2018 and we had about 200 broadcasters on site mm. Covered the world equestrian games in the us in 2018 We've got a lot of mileage, if you like, Mm -hmm. under our belts in terms of running big events. And we just felt really confident that we could do this in our own way, in our own style, and make it as creative and as exciting for the viewers and and the rights holders as as, as possible. Are you able to provide any insight into the, the kind of creative approach you're talking about, or is it a bit too early days yet? We're engaging with directors 
and we want the sports to be directed the way they want it directed. In the past, there's been a small core team working together who just tell the directors, right, this is the camera positions, this is what you will have, you turn up and start pressing the buttons. We don't feel that's the right approach. We want our directors to feel they own the sports that they're covering. So it'll be a very collaborative approach. We've worked with all the best directors, whether it's Steve Doherty on cycling or Helen Cutner on athletics, all these sports, we'll have absolutely top people working on them. Are you going to take any of the learnings from things like the Ineos Kipchoge event? Yeah, I mean, that was a, seen as a very innovative piece mm. of work. It was made by the fact that he broke the, the two-hour barrier. But I think we did a lot of things that hadn't been seen before, you know, this, mm. the social side of things and all the data that was, it was available on the second screen and all that sort of thing. And we'll be doing hopefully more of that as we get into the nitty-gritty of this one. You mentioned at the start, was it 19 different... 19 sports. 19 yeah. sports, yeah. So have you got some stats, facts and figures we can look at, you know, hours of coverage, how many people you think you might be employing to work on the games and how many yeah, live yeah. highlights, social, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're proposing over 2,000 hours of coverage available, which is mm. more than in previous games. Mm. We'll have a, a 24-7 games channel. So if a broadcaster just want to sit on the best of the action they can just sit on that channel for the whole day and get yeah. go to athletics then you might go to the swimming then you might you know go to the hockey but whatever the best moments are happening we go to that live so it's just like a full service channel and then we've got a multi-channel service which is six uninterrupted feeds with live and delayed coverage of different sports and by the time the games come around we'll have almost 1,700 people working on it. It's a logistical exercise as much as anything else, really. <laughs> yeah. Getting accreditation and, even more importantly, getting hotel rooms and all that sort of thing for of course, yeah. 1,600 people over a two-week period is pretty amazing. We're making 12 episodes of preview series, which will be stuff shot with various athletes, you know, promoting what they're training schedules alive, all that sort of thing, and making right. those available to the rights-holding broadcasters. It's like a documentary series then? Yeah. We'll be doing little vignettes, uh, 19 vignettes from 30-second durations up to five minutes. We'll be doing daily highlights, two lots of daily highlights during the games. So there's a huge amount of content that can be generated and, and pumped out and available to whoever wants it, basically. How do you accommodate the different requirements of the different global broadcasters that they presumably have a chance to supplement some of the content yeah i mean someone like the bbc they will have their own studio facilities which will probably not be in the ibc with us they'll probably do that out of salford or they might even do it in birmingham city center they will do you know certain stuff themselves and on the bigger sports they'll have their own presentation teams in the stadium but as soon as they cut to the action then they're on our feet the main rights holders are really the BBC in this country and uh, Network 7 in Australia. We will work with them very, very closely and make sure that we service their needs to the best of our ability. And you mentioned the IBC, International Broadcast Centres. I understand that you're creating that and you're responsible for designing <coughs> and building all of that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. quite a, a daunting task, I would imagine, isn't it? To be honest, it's not the size of, of an Olympics and there won't be as many broadcasters on site. What we will build is a scalable 
operation, which can have as many edit suites as people want or whatever. It depends what the broadcasters want. Whatever the broadcasters want, we will facilitate. So we'll be in, in Hall 2 at the NEC, and it'll be a hub for all the feeds. So everything will come in through there. And then we can scale it up depending on how much interest there is. You're creating something, it's called the Host Broadcast Training Initiative. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is and how you're implementing that? We see this as an opportunity to address the lack of diversity in the industry. Birmingham is the most diverse region in the country outside of London. We need to tap into that. So we're launching this training initiative to target you know, local young creatives and give them the, the necessary skill sets to, to forge a career in the industry. So we're going to have 200 training places, 50% of which will be from underrepresented groups, but all from the region. Out of those 200, 150 people will be employed on our operation, whether it's as a camera assistant or a loggers or runners. We want to create a, a lasting legacy for the region. And as I've said earlier, to increase the diversity, which is not good enough in this country. We will achieve it because we have to achieve it and we want to achieve it. The opening and closing ceremonies, when you look back at things like London 2012, you know, there were enormous events and you know, have been screened numerous times since then. Presumably that requires quite a big workforce to get that right in terms of all the different ways of, of producing that content. We'll work hand in hand with the company who are running, running that event, if you like. Yeah. So our, our director will be working closely with their producer and their creative team to make sure that whatever they're proposing, we have the camera layout mm. and plans to cover it properly. I imagine that's the sort of area where you could really go to town on the kind of innovations and, <laughs> and the tech. Well, you and can. Stuff. A lot will depend on budget. Yeah. I don't know what their budget is for the ceremonies. That will unravel over the next uh, months and weeks and months. Obviously, this Commonwealth Games contract seems like it's come at a very good time to give you a kind of positive outlook for the future. How did you get through lockdown? Do you think things are sort of starting to ease off for you a little bit? Is business picking up? To be perfectly honest, in the middle of March, we dropped off a cliff because mm. you know, our business is live sport production and there wasn't any live sport. We took advantage of the furlough scheme. Uh, we had over 100 people furloughed and everybody else took pay cuts. But we had to do that because we wanted to conserve cash, see ourselves through the until sport started picking up again. BT, who are, who are our biggest clients, have been unbelievable, massive help to us. We're gradually unfurloughing people as, as we get more business in. In general terms, I think it's going to be a very slow route back. I don't think we'll be back to anything like full capacity probably until March or April. It's happening in fits and starts, but it's a slow process. And while the virus is still out there, Life is not going to be easy for anybody. Commonwealth Games to me is a massive fillet for us. Mm. But I think, you know, there'll be a lot of businesses that will be in, in danger, I think, the longer this goes on. On a slightly more positive note, I don't know if you've got <laughs> anything more to add about your involvement in the Commonwealth Games. The only thing I would say is that this is um, potentially a three games deal for us. That's the first time that will have been the case. Obviously, we have to deliver and we have to deliver well. If you get one production company in mm. one host broadcaster and give them a you know a multi-games deal mm. you'll get consistency you'll save yourselves money and you know what you're going to get okay. as long as we do a good job but we're under no illusions we don't do a good job we won't be doing the next two <laughs> so there's a 
there's always pressure on to deliver. But it is great to have that as a carrot dangling for <laughs> Fantastic. Well, congratulations on winning the contract. I'm sure you do a great job. And thanks for, for chatting to us on this as well. It was really interesting. That's a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it. Subscribe now and I'll see you again next time.